This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor David Kogel. I think about God reigning. Aren't you glad He reigns? He's still reigning, amen? Now, King David is going to reign at some point here. We'll get to that. That's why I thought that song would go good for this series that we're teaching on life lessons from David. I hope you have an outline there or a page I printed up for you. Kind of just gives you some pictures of ideas of uh, in your mind of what I'm talking about and what the scriptures are speaking of. And so I wanted to, to get those to you. First things first, though, I was uh, approached by someone after one of the studies and uh, asked me about that evil spirit that was put on Saul. And that is a, a different type of uh, scripture. Now, the scripture I'm speaking of was 1 Samuel 16, 23. It came to pass when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul that David took a harp and played with his hand so Saul was refreshed and was well and the evil spirit departed from him. So the question was asked, really, why did God do that? Why did he put that evil spirit on Saul? And i done some more studying into that because it is interesting. And I remember when I first started putting the study together, I looked at that and, um, and I touched upon it a little bit about uh, what I felt like was happening to Saul. But I want to kind of give you a more in-depth uh, answer to that and hope that it will uh, be beneficial to what we're talking about. What does that mean, an evil spirit from the Lord? And it really means it was from the Lord. It, it, was, it was done uh, because the Lord granted permission for it to be done. And it's difficult to get that in our minds, but I think what we need to realize here, and I don't want you to get all in a huff here because I might say something that you don't agree with, but I'm convinced that in a unique, in an unusual way, that Satan is actually sometimes doing God's purpose. He's actually doing that. And you think about it. He is serving sometimes purposes of God. If it were not for Satan, then we would have no power of choice. You think if it was just God, we wouldn't have a power of choice. But we do have a power of choice. And now God knows that we really do love Him. When we decide against Satan and his, and his motives and his temptations, and we decide to love God, then he says, hey, you've made the right choice. So uh, I think that we need to realize here that if, if, we, if he were serving, not serving a purpose of God, then God certainly wouldn't even allow Satan's freedom like he has. But because he's serving a purpose, and that purpose many times is to be tested, just like old Job was. Job was a, an upstanding, godly man. But Satan was allowed to bring those things on his life. 
and it was a testing time. And Job passed the test. So think about that. That special power of God's Spirit. Now, what you remember also we read that when David was anointed as that shepherd boy brought in as the last son of Jesse and he was anointed, what does the Bible say? The Spirit of the Lord was upon him. So I can only think that before David was anointed, the Spirit of the Lord was upon Saul. But that Spirit left Saul and went on David. And then the evil spirit went on Saul. Now, I think what was happening in the purpose of God there was that what happened to David? David began to mature. David began to be skilled in his speech, in his writing, in his music. He, become a, he became a brave fighter for the Lord. He did all of these things because the Spirit of the Lord was upon him. And down the road, of course, he's going to become a permanent member of the royal court. But God had a purpose, I think, in bringing David one way and taking Saul another way. And the only way to, to that purpose to be fulfilled was for that evil spirit to be upon Saul. And then he began to decline He began to step back. He began to have jealousy towards David. All these things. And then what? David was brought into the picture to the very court where he played for Saul. So what was accomplished here? God was bringing David one way and taking Saul another way. He was using a good spirit for David and was using an evil spirit for Saul. You know, we never know what God is going to allow to happen in our life. We, we never know. The Bible says He's the devil's the accuser of the brethren day and night. So He's always trying to bring something against us. And I believe the only things that come against us is what God does allow that to happen. And we have to step back and say, wait a minute, what's God trying to do? What's He teaching me? What's the test here? I want to pass it. I want to do right. And so we need to be led by the Spirit when these things are coming in our life. So I hope that that helps you a little bit uh, with that question that was presented to me about that Spirit. It did sound a strange thing in there in the Scripture. And there's a lot of things like that you run across in the Scripture. All right, let's do a little review because we had a break because of the business meeting. But let's think about where we've been and a few lessons that we've already talked about. We talked about David as a shepherd boy. Now, when I see him as that shepherd boy, I see him taking great responsibility over the job he had as a shepherd. He stood back and said, this is my job. I'm going to protect these sheep. And what happened? One, one lamb was taken by a lion. And so what did David do? He didn't say, forget it, I got plenty. He took it so serious, he went after that lamb. He got it out of his mouth and he slew the lion. So the lesson I felt like there was this. Are we taking our responsibilities as Christians seriously? I mean, it is a serious job to be a child of God, isn't it? 
It's a serious thing that we have here on earth because we have the gospel. We're able to present it to someone. We're able to talk to someone about Christ. We're able to lead them to Christ. We can't save them, but we can bring them to that point and the Holy Spirit can convict them and they can be saved. We also can help Christians with things in their life. So I think as a, as a Christian, we need to take our responsibility and not step back and say, well, I'm a Christian, I'm just going to live my life and, and read my Bible and, and, have, and just stay to myself and I'm not really going to get involved in anything. I, I don't think that God wants us to do that. He wants us to take the words that we have in the Scripture and apply them to our life and then do something with those things. Now, the, the other lesson we saw, David was faithful in his task. Are we faithful in our task? Maybe it's just a small thing that we feel like we can do. But will we do that small thing with everything that's within us for the Lord? And then I like the part where David, we saw in Psalms, he longed to know God in a deeper sense. You remember the scripture we read? He said, I don't even want to lay my head on the pillow and sleep until I have found a habitation for the Lord. And I believe that we need to realize every day we wake up, are we making room and time for God in our life? It's a good lesson to learn. We can get so busy. We have so much to do. Have we stopped and made time for God? Listen to Him in our life. The other lesson we saw was David, of course, as a young man, he trusted God fully. You remember when he, he, he approached Goliath, he said, I come to you in the name of the Lord. He didn't come in his name. He didn't come into, uh, from the army of Israel's name. He didn't come in Saul's name. But he said, I'm coming in the name of the Lord. So I feel like we will face giants in our life. They could be a, a vast number of things. We face those things, but will we trust God to see the victory? We should. And so David shows us a good lesson there about that. And then David looked around and said, you remember when he arrived there? He looked around and said, is there not a cause? In other words, when we go out in this world, when we turn on the TV, when we listen to the things that we see and hear, do we stop and say, you know what? There is a cause for this old world. There's a reason I'm still alive and I'm still here and I'm a child of God and God saved me. There's a cause. And that cause is to reach another one with the Gospel. Amen? There's always a cause. Whether it's trying to help a uh, someone that's sick or someone that's just down or, or, or whatever it is, If as Christians, let's look around and say, you know what, there's something maybe I can do. Just a kind word. Just, you know, any, any little thing. But there, there is a cause, and I believe that that is a great lesson for us to learn. And then we started in on the next lesson as a fugitive, David was running from Saul, and we'll see some more Scriptures on that tonight. But we did find out this about David. 
everything that he was going through with Saul chasing him, the Bible says David behaved himself wisely in all of his ways, and the Lord was with him. So that is very important that we realize somebody's always watching us. Someone's always listening to us. And this old flesh can make us do some things sometimes that aren't too good. But if we'll stop and say, listen, I need to behave myself as a child of God. I got a testimony here that I'm trying to show someone what God, what is on the inside of me. And we shared with you lastly that verse, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. I think that verse covers a lot of things that we need to do. Love them, bless them, do good, pray. And that's to the people that are doing wrong things to you. It's easy to love someone that loves you back sometimes. But when we're being persecuted, when we're being cursed, when we're being despitefully used and still be able to stop and say, you know what? I love you in the Lord anyway. We may not be agreeing on anything here, but I still love you and I'm praying for you. And that will go a long ways to letting the Lord work in their life. So we pick up here tonight, David is suffered injustice and we're going to look at 1 Samuel. We have to look at Scriptures if we're going to talk about David. We have to look at quite a few Scriptures here, but we'll stay in Samuel. 1 Samuel 24 and verse number 1. Because of the injustice David was, was being treated at the hands of Saul, and it happened for many years, two occasions David had opportunity to get even with Saul and even take his life. He had that opportunity. But you'll find David said, listen, I'm not going to harm the Lord's anointed. I'm not going to do that. So David let Saul escape. The first place is in Gedi, and it means rocks of the wild goats. It's a place along the Dead Sea where there are lots of caves and taverns. I, I'm sure that the pastor will be able to be around that in Gedi. I know we, when I went, we was there, and it's an interesting place. But let's get a picture of what's happening here. Came to pass when Saul returned from following the Philistines that it was told to him, saying, Behold, David is in the wilderness of En Gedi. And Saul took 3,000 chosen men out of Israel. He really wanted David, didn't he? I mean, he took 3,000 after <laughs> David and his men upon the rocks of the wild goats. And he came to the sheepcoats. That word sheepcoats means it was an enclosure or a wall or a hedge where many times they'd herd the sheep so goats would herd up in that particular area. And his men, uh, by the way, and there was a cave and Saul went in to cover his feet and David and his men remained in the sides of the cave. So what you need to understand is David's already in the cave. Same cave that Saul's going in. Isn't it interesting how the Lord worked that out? The men of David, now here comes the, the counsel he gets. 
The men of David said unto him, Behold, the day which the Lord said unto thee, Behold, I will deliver thine enemy in thine hand, and thou mayest do to him as it seemed good unto thee. Then David arose and cut off the skirt of Saul's robe privately. In other words, he had no idea he did it. And it came to pass afterward, look at this, that David's heart smote him. He didn't do nothing but just cut off the skirt of Saul. Well, what does that mean? That means David came under conviction of what he did. He said, what I did wasn't right. It wasn't good. He was trying to, he, of course, we see he's trying to prove a point. I say this, you know, let's be careful whenever you're looking for advice, counsel. I'd always say, make sure you're getting counsel from someone who's serving the Lord faithfully. Someone who's in their Bible. Someone who you can tell loves the Lord with all their heart. You're going to get on Facebook and try to get some counsel that ain't going to be too good. You're going to get a lot of something. But it ain't going to be wise counsel. And I, I, I've always advised people, don't, don't just run to someone and try to get counsel. Make sure you're getting it from who you should be getting it from. Now, came to pass afterward that David's heart smote him. Verse 6, he said unto his men, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing unto my master, the Lord's anointed. You're talking to someone who's wanting to kill him. To stretch forth mine hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. So David stayed his servants with these words and suffered them not to rise against Saul. But Saul rose up out of the cave and went on his way. David also arose afterward and went out of the cave and cried after Saul, saying, My Lord the King. And Saul looked behind him. David stooped with his face to the earth and bowed himself. David still being a humble man. David said to Saul, Wherefore hearest thou men's words, saying, Behold, David seeketh thy hurt? Behold, this day thine eyes have seen how that the Lord hath delivered thee today unto mine hand in the cave. And some bade me kill thee, but my eye spared thee, and I said, I will not put forth my hand against my Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. Very dangerous thing to go against the Lord's anointed. Wherefore, my father, see, yea, see the skirt of thy robe in my hand. For in that I cut off the skirt of thy robe and killed thee not. Know thou and see that, this, that there is neither evil nor transgression in mine hand. You see that he didn't have an evil spirit on him. And a good spirit. And I have sinned against thee, yet thou huntest my soul to take it. So David's still sharing with him the conviction of just cutting off his robe. The Lord judged between me and thee, and the Lord avenged me of thee, but mine hand shall not be upon thee. So Saul leaving the cave first, David leaving the cave behind him, 
him not even knowing that he was in there, and shows him he cut off his robe. You know, he could have just as easily cut off his head. Just as easily. But it didn't happen. Let's look at the second time. 1 Samuel 26, verse 21. And the Ziphites came unto Saul at Gebeah, saying, Doth not David hide himself in the hill of Hakalah, which is before Jeshmon? Then Saul arose and went down to the wilderness to Zeph, having, here he is again, 3,000 chosen men of Israel with him to seek David in the wilderness of Zeph. Saul pitched in the hill of Hakla, which is before Jeshmon, by the way, but David abode in the wilderness, and he saw that Saul came after him in the wilderness. David sent therefore, sent out spies, understood that Saul was come in very deed. David arose and came to the place where Saul had pitched. David beheld the place where Saul lay. And Abner, the son of Ner, the captain of his host, and Saul lay in the trench, and the people pitched round about him. Then answered David and said to Amalek, the Hittite, and to Ashbah, the son of Zerah, brother to Joab, saying, Who will go down with me to Saul, to the camp? And Abishai said, I will go with thee. So David and Abishai came to the people by night, and behold, Saul lay sleeping in the trench with his spear stuck in the ground at his bolster. Bolster is a head pillow. But Abner and the people lay round about him. Then said Abishai to David, God hath delivered thine enemy into thine hand this day. Now therefore let me smite him, I pray thee, with the spear even to the earth at once, and I will not smite him. The second, in other words, he said, I'll get the job done with one try. You'll let me do it. Was that tempting to David? <laughs> he wouldn't have to run no more. But notice, David said to Abishai, destroy him not, for who can stretch forth his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? David said, furthermore, as the Lord liveth, the Lord shall smite him. What does the Scripture say? Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. You know, there, there are people we probably would like to say, boy, I could get back on them. I'd sure like to get a hold of them. But if we let the Lord take care of them, He can do a much better job than what we can, and it won't ruin our testimony in the midst either. Another good lesson, isn't it? So he said to him, The Lord shall smite him, or his day shall come to die, or he shall descend into battle and perish. The Lord forbid that I should stretch forth mine hand against the Lord's anointed. But I pray thee, take thou now the spear that is at his bolster and the cruise of water, and let us go. So take his spear and his water cup, and let's get out of here. So David took the spear and the cruise of water from Saul's bolster, and they got them away, and no man saw it, nor knew it, or neither awakened, 
for they were all asleep. Why didn't they wake up? Well, a deep sleep from the Lord was falling upon them. I guarantee you when the Lord puts a sleep on you, you don't wake up. Some of us could use one of those every now and then, couldn't we? Then David went over to the other side and stood on the top of the hill afar off, a great space from was between them. David cried to the people and to Abner, the son of Ner. Why is he crying to Abner? Abner was supposed to be watching over the king. He's supposed to be right there, his, his second-hand man, taking care of him. He's sleeping on the job too. Answerest thou not Abner? Then Abner answered and said, Who art thou that criest to the king? David said unto Abner, Art not thou a violent, a violent man? And who is like thee in Israel? Wherefore then hast thou not kept the Lord, the king? For there came one of the people in to destroy the king, thy Lord. This thing is not good that thou hast done. As the Lord liveth, you are not you are worthy to die because you have not kept your master, the Lord's anointed. Now, see where the king's spear is? See the cruise of water that was at his bolster? He's holding those up for him to see. Saul knew it was David's voice and said, Is this thy voice, my son David? And David said, It is my voice, my Lord, O king. And he said, Wherefore doth my Lord thus pursue after his servant? For what have I done? Or what evil is in my hand? David said, Why are you still pursuing me? Why are you still trying to kill me? Now therefore I pray thee, let my Lord, the king, hear the words of this servant. If the Lord have stirred thee up against me, let him accept an offering. But if they be the children of men, cursed be they before the Lord. Why do you think Saul is acting like he's been acting? Goes back to what I started off with tonight. He had that evil spirit upon him. And that evil spirit's getting ready to leave him. Right here. It's getting ready to move on out of the way. Look at what happens. For they have driven me out this day from abiding in the inheritance of the Lord, saying, go serve other gods. David said, what you've done is you've driven me out of, out of God's land. You got me out here in the, in the wilderness where people serve other gods. All these other idolatry things are going on. And here I have to stay out here because you're pursuing me. I don't know if Saul ever thought about that, but I know he had a change right here. Now therefore let not my blood fall to the earth before the face of the Lord, for the king of Israel has come out to seek a flea, as, the, as one doth hunt a partridge in the mountains. Then said Saul, look at the change, I have sinned. Return my son David, for I will no more do thee harm, because my soul was precious in thine eyes this day. Behold, I have played the fool and have erred exceedingly. God touched his heart. You see, I think the lesson here is that we are looking for revenge sometimes on someone. We are thinking about what they did to us. But do we ever step back and say, you know what, if I don't act like a fool here, 
and try to get vengeance, maybe the Lord can turn their heart around anyway through this thing. And that's what he did here. He realized David, once again, could have just easily took his life. But now we see such a change. David answered and said in verse 22, Behold the king's spear. Let one of the young men come over and fetch it. The Lord rendered to every man his righteousness and his faithfulness, for the Lord delivered thee into my hand today. But I would not stretch forth my hand against the Lord's anointed. And behold, as thy life was much set by this day in mine eyes, so let my life be much set in the eyes of the Lord, and let him deliver me out of all the tribulation. Then Saul said to David, Blessed be thou, my son of David. Thou shalt both do great things and also shalt still prevail. So David went on his way and Saul returned to his place. What a difference when the Lord gets involved, isn't it? What a joyous time it was for David to say, I no longer have to run. I don't have to be a fugitive. So this opportunity he had, this second one, was one certainly very easy for him to do that. And the lesson I believe we have to learn is that injustice is one of the most difficult things for one of us to bear. People can do some very mean things to you, can't they? And it really hurts when someone supposedly is a Christian and does some things to you. And that, that really weighs on your mind. But we have to once again realize the type of reaction that we're going to have towards somebody. Are we going to retaliate? Are we going to do something unwise that's going to hurt even us? And it's not going to be Christ-like. You remember, let's look at Matthew 6. I'll put verse 14 and 15 up there. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. We have to have a merciful and forgiving spirit. That's what a Christian's all about. But, he says in verse 15, if you forgive not men their trespasses, look, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So, you know, I have to step back and say, you know what, I'm going to do somebody wrong too. They may have did me wrong, but I guarantee you, if I think long enough, I can think about someone that I didn't do right either. Someone I didn't say the right thing to. And you know what? I expected the Lord to forgive me. I asked Him to. And, and I know He said He would. But here I am in a place where I'm not forgiving someone else. So I've got to take a look at that in my own life. So once again... It's, it's just another great lesson from David. David demonstrated great patience, great love for King Saul, even though Saul was consistently trying to take his life. In other words, David went the second mile and David turned the other cheek. And we have to find ourselves in that predicament many times and we need to do that. That's the attitude taught by Jesus in the New Testament. Look at Luke 17. And three and four, take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if you repent, forgive him. 
You remember how it tells us we're to do when people do us wrong? We're to go to that person. And we're to talk to them and say, listen, what you did offended me and I just wanted you to know that. And let's talk about it. Let's get this thing under the blood. Let's get it straight. If he repent, then we don't need to keep on. We need to let that be done. Verse 4, if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee saying, I repent. Oh no, I forgave you one time, but hey, this is getting a little ridiculous now. That's not what the Scripture says, is it? That's when that real test comes in. When it happens over and over again. Listen, if it keeps happening, you just need to get away from that person. <laughs> You just not, not associate with them because it's going to continue on maybe. But at least they, if they know you forgave them and you did what God told you to do, you'll have peace in your, in your heart. Remember, David was, was not going to touch God's anointed. Didn't you see that over and over again? Psalm 105.15 is a verse for that saying, Touch not mine anointed and do my prophets no harm. I feel like if you have something against this man right here, you need to not only just go to him in love, but you need to ask the Lord to help you in your heart too. God will show him if he's done anything wrong. It's not our job to go and chastise him. Let's let the Lord take care of that. We have enough to take care of, don't we? Amen? Well, that'll finish for tonight. And I pray you got something out of our study and learned some more lessons tonight. Amen. You listen to Pastor David Kogel. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.